Good afternoon. This is attorney Carrie Meldon, and we are here for another live edition of Meldon Law and Friends. I think we're nearing, and Evan, you're the producer here, and you can't see uh, Evan on the uh, on the camera, but we're nearing 100 episodes now, aren't we? Episodes 90. So we've started during COVID. We've not missed a week, and we have two guests a week. So we have 180 of the most esteemed, most uh, popular people in Gainesville, <laughs> including Jill herself in the studio. So we're really excited about our upcoming interview. Uh, as always, we're always doing giveaways on our Meldon Law Instagram page and our Meldon Law Facebook page. If you want to enter into any of these giveaways, just go on and you can check them out. We're doing a really cool giveaway, and I think it, if it's not on our Facebook or Instagram page yet, I'm going to kind of give it away, and our marketing director, uh, Chris, uh, Charles Ricky, may jump down my throat. But we're going to be doing a weekend trip to Margaritaville um, Resort down in Orlando. We're giving away, with, with some gift certificates, to some lucky winners. So that's kind of a really unique, cool yeah, giveaway. Yeah, you might have to play on this one. We always do like Yeti coolers and we do Gator games, of course, mm-hmm. because Meldon Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. And I'm proud to announce that we've extended our relationship with the Florida Gators through oh, 2026. This is brand new, hot off the press. So hopefully Freddie won't come in here and strangle me, Evan. But uh, <laughs> as uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, the Meldon Law and uh, the Florida Gators will be partners and uh, continue to do some really fun things Good. for our beloved Gators. So uh, that's uh, our intro for today. And without further ado, as I like to say, we're going to go into our first interview with Jill Diaz Pereira from Gator CPR. So, yes, so Jill, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for being here today at the lovely me. Spurriers. We were talking before mm-hmm. the podcast that you recently celebrated a birthday here. Yes, my 22nd birthday on Sunday. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. What did you, what did you order when you were here? I always get a steak. They always hit on the cook. It's always perfectly cooked. Side of asparagus, side of mac and cheese. All right. No this... go-to order every time. So you are a mat, you are like a, a, a steak and potatoes. Yeah, definitely. Or I should say definitely. steak and mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Right, right, right. Yeah, the mac and cheese here is, uh, you cannot miss it. If anything, you need to get a side of mac and cheese. All right. Well, we're <laughs> already, we're already, yeah, we're already giving uh, Spurrier's Gridiron Grill some props here. So uh, if, you, if you ever want to have a really great farm-to-table meal, the best place to go is Spurrier's. There is no freezers here except for ice cream and all of the uh, local produce, local meats, local fish are always caught uh, and they actually, I think sometimes they even describe on the menu where they catch mm-hmm. and you the can almost produce taste from. It. It's almost like you can yeah. taste the freshness. I mean, it's not like a regular, you know, chain restaurant taste. It's you can tell the freshness. Right, and food is so expensive these days. Mm-hmm. If you're going to pay more, you might as well get high quality. quality. Right. So you can always do that at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, and it's really cool because it's open on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. and so people will start piling in during our podcast. And we get to have some action. It used to be closed on Tuesdays, but for those listeners out there, uh, Spurrier's is wide open. So, <laughs> so Jill, uh, first of all, before we get mm-hmm. started, tell us a little bit, what is Ga- Gator CPR? Yeah, so Gator CPR is a local CPR safety training center, and we also teach um, CNAs. So we actually have, um, have a CNA prep course where we're preparing CNAs to um, essentially challenge the state exam. Um, and hopefully become licensed, obviously, at the end of it. And really our big difference is, um, so people are used to an almost three, four-month process when becoming CNA certified. Mm -hmm. Um, But with our prep course, it's actually only three days. So you're getting the information back to back to back. And then um, the big thing is that you do have to wait about four to six weeks just because that's the processing time. But we offer so many resources to help you throughout that time. So we have practice sessions two hours a day, Monday through Saturday. We have our entire course that you get taught in person online as well. So students refer back to that. A manual for with all that information in it. A take-home kit so you can even buy the actual materials from us and take them home with you if for whatever reason you couldn't make it into the office to practice for things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and really that's kind of the, um, that's our biggest driver right now, just especially post-COVID and even two years later down the line. Um, healthcare still needs workers. Yes. And so getting these CNAs licensed in and out really quickly like that is really beneficial and it kind of puts their foot in the door a lot faster, especially for our Absolutely. students in the city who are 
pretty much pre-med or something in that facility or in that um, direction and use our course kind of like a stepping stone. Well, my ex-girlfriend, Diane, was a CNA. Mm-hmm. And so I know what CNA stands for, right. but those listeners may not know. So why don't you explain what CNA is and kind of yeah. what are their duties and responsibilities? Yeah, so CNA means certified nursing assistant. So it's exactly what it sounds like. You are a licensed assistant to registered nurses, um, licensed practical nurses, nurse practitioners. The list goes on and on of who you assist, essentially, mm-hmm. depending on the facility you work for. Um but yeah, and you're basically just doing um, a lot of the legwork. It's a lot mm-hmm. of um, directly taking care of people. So Absolutely. Literal bathing, um, helping them uh, eat, uh, change, sleep, changing their sheets, especially with a lot of um, geriatric, which just means older patients who um, start to lose their own um, abilities. They, you can't walk, you can't move. And so CNAs are really doing a lot of that heavy work. Absolutely. Um, so it's funny. I moved from. I was a prosecutor in Daytona. I moved over with Diane, who mm-hmm. was the, uh, who became a CNA. And one of the things the listeners should know out there is that CNA is a great stepping stone to becoming a nurse or a nurse mm-hmm. practitioner, which she currently is. So you can make a absolute career. And I think that a lot of the the very challenging nursing schools look at CPA or CNA, I'm sorry, (laughs) not CPA would be accounting, but CNA experience as crucial uh, with regards to being being able to to get into their programs. Yeah, and I think it definitely, um, to me, it shows character. So Mm -hmm. I'm the office manager for our facility, and I really deal with a lot of the administrative stuff and the CPR side. So Mm -hmm. being able to watch these CNAs, I know 100% they are doing things that I would never want to do. Oh, my God. I could not, you know, take care of someone like that 100%. You could. Right, I could. It's tough. Yeah, right, exactly. And so it's just like watching these people have, I just have so much more respect for them because I know I, I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. Well, and she so was, be so good at it. Diane was like 110 pounds mm-hmm. and she was working at Oak Hammock, I think. Yeah, yeah. And she was rolling people over yeah. and taking care of like these elderly. Mm-hmm. And I was so impressed. She would come home um, exhausted, but, yeah. but she really enjoyed her job and she met right. really good people and she, people loved her. And I think it's, it's like you said, it's, it's you're actually helping people. Right. You're, phys- yeah, exactly. you're physically yeah. helping people physically survive. Right. And right. so it's one of those jobs where you can actually, when you go home, feel really good about exactly. what you've done. Yeah, you see the physical like impact that you're having on these people. Absolutely. So I, I have a lot of respect for the CNA portion of it. And in terms of CPR, you yeah, know. So CPR, um, it kind of varies a little bit. So um, what most of us are probably familiar with CPR is like when we watch it on TV and there's doctors and nurses running all over the place, everybody's freaking out kind of thing. But really our goal at Gator CPR is to not make CPR that. So Mm -hmm. CPR is really just as simple as, you know, pushing down real hard on someone's chest in the very middle of their chest. And I'm obviously boiling it down to make it real simple, but that's all it is at the end of the day. And Mm -hmm. CPR is obviously life-saving, you know, never hurts to know the information. And so there's different types of classes. There's CPR classes that are um, focused for our healthcare providers. So that's obviously a little more detailed in the actual functions that are happening in the body and stuff like that. But um, we have lay rescuer CPR or regular CPR. So um, you, a teacher, our construction workers, um, those are the people who really frequent those kinds of classes. But again, anybody who wants to know the information, it's... Um, a perfect class to attend. Now, are your classes in a building, or do they do you come to different businesses and teach them? How, yeah, how so does that we work? We do both. So we do have an office um, located right off of Northwest Twenty Third Avenue, right by Gainesville High School. So you can come into our office, and classes are Monday through Saturday, um, mm-hmm. multiple times a day. Um, so we try to serve as many people as we can, and then we do actually come to other businesses too. So our owner, our, our owner Clay, will actually visit businesses and do corporate trainings and come mm-hmm. on site and stuff like that. Yeah. Great. You've seen the episode of The Office when they're doing CPR? Yeah, yeah. We actually <laughs> we have a um, YouTube playlist and uh-huh. just let the time pass. And that's one of the videos that plays. And Clay always walks in on it and he'll say, this is how not to teach. <laughs> this is not, so do not use the, the, the uh, BG song, Staying Alive. As, you can. You can. Just uh, don't um, rip the face off or <laughs> don't sing too crazy or anything like that. Okay. But well, yeah, that's works. a great episode if you yeah, haven't it seen it. Funny. Well, that's fun. So you guys have a good time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're honestly, we're a really small company. We're only about including 
Clay, myself, and our director of operations or our administration team, we're only nine people. Um, oh, great. We're serving, but we're probably serving near 300 people a month. And wow. We're the only CNA testing center in Gainesville. So mm -hmm. anytime you go to take the state board exam, you need to come to our office. Where is your office located? So it's 1029 Northwest 23rd Avenue. Um, we're just around the corner from Gainesville High School, just up the street from that Chipotle and Wawa that are right oh, there. Oh, that's that great. Corner. That's very centrally located for yeah, Gainesville. Yeah, pretty much down, kind of downtown, just down the street from North Main Street. 39th is down the street as well. So Not too far from campus. Central. Exactly. Yeah, we're uh, maybe less than a mile and a half from campus, so we right. have a lot of students. A lot of our CNA students um, tend to be college students, but we also get career changers and people who just want to try something different or who are moving forward with different goals in their life. Um, mm -hmm. So it's definitely beneficial to the students or anyone. Yeah, since we're so centrally located, it's pretty easy to come in and out. And you, I, I believe that you said that you were open Monday through Saturday? Yeah, so um, our class, we do work by registration, so um, that way we can ensure we have the space for everybody because we are a smaller building, and especially post-COVID, we still do respect social distancing, and we ask people to wear masks because most of our clientele is healthcare, so the CNAers and um, a lot of the healthcare workers take our CPR classes. Um, so it is kind of a smaller one, and we do work by registration, but essentially we're teaching classes Monday through Thursday, our evening classes, and then we host um, CPR classes and CNA classes through the weekend. Oh, wonderful. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's always opportunities, it sounds like. And, exactly. and so what's the best way for the audience out there to get in touch with Gator CPR? Yeah, so I would say if there's any questions, even if it's the smallest detail, call us first. Um, that's 352-727-4733. And I just say that just because, again, there's a lot of little details that go into both aspects of our company. So if any questions, just call. But our website is pretty much self-explanatory, and you can immediately register, pay, and reserve your spot on the website. Mm -hmm. And that's GatorCPR.com. Would you uh, advise people to do it the same day or in advance? How does that usually work? Um, it really depends. Um, for CNA, I would recommend in advance. So we're in the second week of July, and we're sold out through July. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and we are pretty flexible as well. So if you ever see something sold out, please feel free to contact us. Um, but our classes do sell out pretty quickly, so I would do it in advance. But for CPR, for the most part, and in the same way, we're also really flexible to get you in if necessary. But I would say that you can probably do even as late as like the night before. And do you tell people on the website what they need to bring or what they need to wear? Yep, yep, yeah. it's um, all on there. And then especially, thankfully, um, I feel like that's another good thing our courses offer. We're really no fuss. Um, so we'll tell you, you know, this is what test day might be like for you, but if you're comfortable in leggings and a t-shirt or, you know, in sneakers and jeans, um, just come as you are. Mm -hmm. uh, we just want you to feel like you're comfortable in our classroom and like you're leaving, you know, not having worried about, well, is my uniform correct or is this right? Um, we really just want to teach you efficiently. And so, you know, we just advise people to come as they are and the website's pretty clear about if there's anything else to bring and stuff like that. And with regards to the CNA, mm -hmm. Is there any, uh, do you guys have any connections with placement if someone wants to yeah, possibly definitely. have a job? Yeah. Um, so we actually have a CNA career fair coming up um, July 18th, Ooh. 5 o'clock. And so we have vendors come into our office, so they're just using our space. Um, but hiring um, facilities, HHAs, which are home health agencies where you are placed to take care of a specific patient. Um, different facilities will come in and advertise their hiring, you know, what they're offering employees mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so we do have that. And then there's a lot of businesses that um, just advertise their positions as well because, like I mentioned, we're the only testing center. And mm -hmm. so we have a physical job board up that we keep pretty much completely updated. That's great. Um, and, yeah, just constantly posting any open positions that we're aware of. Well, we're going to go to break. But when we get back, I do want to talk more about the hiring fair and where it is and how mm -hmm. people can sign up for it. And uh, we'll return with Jill Diaz-Pereira. What a great first segment. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your no, fault. Not, not I am calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This oh, no, here, this person lady, he might... New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, 
Join him. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud... Evan, is there... There it goes. Okay. You never know that it starts until the M rotates. There's a reason for that. Um, I'm just making that up. I don't know if there's a reason for it or not, but it's working. And uh, we're back here uh, continuing our great conversation with Jill Diaz Pereira. Is it? Did I pronounce the last? Yes, you did, okay. All right. Well, there you go. Sometimes you roll the R. Sometimes right. you don't. Yeah, you know. So I don't know how to roll an R, anyways. So that's that's the way I was going <laughs> to pronounce it. But the intent and, and the execution uh, was flawlessly. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, delivered. So we're here in studios at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. Once again, great place to eat. Jill and I were talking before the podcast. She just celebrated her 22nd birthday here at Spurrier's with a steak, uh, ma uh, macaroni and cheese, and asparagus. Did I get it right? Yes, you did. Okay. And so we always love to eat here. Uh, come here if you can. Uh, it is the obviously owned by the infamous Steve Spurrier, and you can see all of his helmets. Uh, what you can't see is that they go all the way up to the ceiling. And what's cool is if you come here and eat, there's actually people already here at the restaurant, and they they can look in and watch us while we talk. So that's always makes it a little bit more exciting. We've got a live we've got a live audience without can 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 we get can laughter one time? That'd be fun. Look into that. Okay, yeah, we'll do some can laughter and make it uh, like a Friends episode or something. You know, it makes everything look like funny, even though it's not. But. Anyway, then we got Tammy behind the uh, the keyboard. We have okay, touch <laughs> touchdown, Tammy said she would um, provide it for us. So we have a good time, but but really, it's all about featuring uh, all the local celebrities. And Jill has come here uh, with a blaze of fire. Jill, I mean, we, first of all, before we get into the CNA hiring fair and the training courses and prep courses, which we'll uh, end the show on. Tell us a little bit about what brought you to Gainesville in the first place. Yeah, so I'm actually originally from Miami, and so people usually look at me crazy when it's like, why would you leave Miami for Gainesville? But um, I was actually in search of um, something different, essentially. I was born and raised in Miami, and um, there's just something about the southern manners um, mm -hmm. that I appreciate. And if you can ask anybody from Miami, anything an hour outside is just like a whole different way of living, of being, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And so I knew when I graduated high school that I wanted to go to college somewhere else. And that's essentially what brought me to Gainesville. And mm -hmm. so my best friend actually attends the University of Florida. Mm -hmm. She's um, starting vet school in the fall. Oh, wonderful. And, um, and so I kind of just tagged along, and I was like, it seems like the place for me. And I actually go to Santa Fe and uh -huh. I'm pursuing my human resources degree. And wonderful. I'll be done in May. Great. I mean, they're building a campus downtown Santa Fe. Mm -hmm. Look, if you're going to be a college student in Florida, I don't know if there's a better place in Gainesville right. in terms of being able to be with like-minded people. Exactly having uh you know great restaurants mm -hmm. a lot of uh, youthfulness and right. i feel like it's a fairly safe environment exactly know. yeah and that's why i think it was what kind of sold me on it it's there's enough life here mm -hmm. um to where it's you know it keeps you entertained but it's also peaceful enough um you know when it, especially now during the summer when mm -hmm. half the students are gone yeah and it's mostly just locals there's no traffic there's no nothing <laughs> take me you know 35 minutes to go what is maybe five miles from me and here 35 minutes will get me to the other side of Gainesville well so it's just something about the peace that honestly just makes me very happy to be here so my sister is a lawyer she still lives in Miami okay. and I was uh, living up in Fort or down in Fort Lauderdale until last year I had uh, opened a branch of our firm down there we still have it but I've hired uh, other lawyers to to uh, run it while I come back here and work with Jeffrey uh, and I can tell you South Florida is great. Right. There's a lot of cool things about it. It's got its own appeal. Mm -hmm. And I think Gainesville does too. I think yeah. it's just, it's kind of what, what's the right fit for you. Not, exactly. not everything's the right fit right. for, for someone. And South Florida has its own culture. Like mm -hmm. I'm happy to say I'm from Miami. You know, Miami yeah. made me and it made me the way I am today. But, um, yeah, there's just something, yeah, and it, it really just depends on what fits you. And I also even enjoy that at Gainesville. Gainesville is so central. Yeah. Um, the, now the two-hour drives to Orlando, Tampa, Jacksonville are, are blink of an eye, and it really doesn't feel like Yeah, and you, and you have an airport, so if you exactly. want to fly down to Miami to see I family, can. you can be there pr pretty quickly. So so uh, we love being in Gainesville. So that's what brought yeah. you here. Yeah. And uh, you, uh, how'd you get uh, in, like, into, into, into Gator CPR? Yeah. It's actually, so it was 
basically a transition of events, kind of just like the falling of the dominoes that really led to it. I was originally a healthcare services administration major. Mm -hmm. um, and literally not even a full month after changing my majors, I was just doing some job searches and Gator CPR was hiring. Mm -hmm. And they were hiring for an administrative assistant at the time. And um, that's how I joined the company in August of 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and now it's July of 2022. And I'm the wow. So you joined during COVID. Uh, yeah, Thick of it. Right after COVID um, yeah. kind of because we were shut down for like maybe a month or two, like mm -hmm. in March, June, uh, March, April, June. Um, and then July, essential businesses got businesses got to open back up, and um, pretty much in come August, we were full steam at the office. Wow. Yeah. Well, so we saw it too because, like I mentioned, um, COVID really still like we're uh, asking for healthcare workers, and so we just saw so many people in that next year coming through and getting certified and licensed, and really we were pushing them out back then. Like it was a lot of people. Well, you must have done a remarkable job because at your age, you're already the office manager, so that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, it's um, it's been I wouldn't say it's been easy, but it's a it's a gratifying journey, you know, mm -hmm. kind of to see the hard work that you've put in um, pay off, especially at such a young age. And not a lot of people get the opportunities that I have, especially blatantly pre degree. Mm -hmm. um, but working on it, and um, I actually see myself going further with Gator CPR and. I'm working on some things, and so hopefully, you know, if I see you again in a year, we can talk about Absolutely. We, we love updating uh, life success stories. <laughs> That's great. Well, let's get into a couple more uh, things before we end the segment. Uh, first being what we talked about at the end of the last segment, which was the CNA hiring fair. First of all, what is the CNA hiring fair? Yeah, so we are having four to five vendors um, come on into our office, and so they'll all have their own space. Um, basically advertising all of their open positions and the benefits that they offer their employees. Um, it depends on the facility, but um, we've had people taking applications and interviews on the spot immediately um, and, you know, kind of putting all that paperwork into processing and things like that. Um, it's July 18th at our office, which, again, is 1029 Northwest 23rd Avenue. Mm -hmm. um, we're starting at 5 o'clock. We're going to be going till about 730. Um, free food, free drinks, um, and really just a really good networking opportunity, even if, um, you know, you don't find a facility for you. Um, definitely just something good to make you aware of all the different types of options that you have as a CNA and, um, you know, where to work and things like that. So no pre-registration needed? Nope, nope. It's just, yeah, come on in, show up, and just have a good time. Hopefully, you know, you do leave um, feeling satisfied about it. But, yeah, it's very much no fuss. Our doors are open, again, 530 to 5 to 7.30. And um, we really just would like to see people come through and, you know, um, gain from it. And the address and some maybe some landmarks. That yeah, so 1029 Northwest 23rd Avenue. Um, when you're on 23rd Avenue, you're going to pass Gainesville High School on your right, and you'll come to the light. Well, you'll have the Chipotle, the Wawa, and there's a Goodwill. Okay. So just less than a block and a half down. Down which direction? Towards um, Main, Main Street? Yep, towards Main Street. Okay, so you'd be heading east. Exactly. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, you got two and a half hours to... To see uh, about the job hiring fair, yeah. and you said you said four or five vendors that may be yeah, hiring. Yeah, I want to say right now I have four confirmed. That's and I'm great. Working on one more. So there's no no excuse to not have a job if exactly. you want to. If you really want one, you can get one. Yeah, exactly. And there's is there always availability in the CNA courses? Um, definitely, and yeah. um, we're really flexible, and we just if we understand, you know, if you're coming to us saying, hey, I want to take a CNA course, you're pursuing something, so. We definitely want to work with you and um, get you in wherever we're available. And we're really flexible, honestly. For the most part, you know, we kind of make um, chess pieces move, but mm -hmm. we will make them move for you. And there's, there's actually a prep, a CNA prep course mm -hmm. and a CNA training course. Can you explain what both of those are and the difference yeah. between yeah. the two? So the training course is what most people are familiar with when it comes to the CNA process. Um, like I mentioned a little earlier, it's like a three, four-month-long process you're spending those six weeks committed to showing up to somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, whereas what we offer, which is a CNA prep course, it's only going to be three or four days. So either Monday through Thursday or Friday through Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to teach you everything there. Like I said earlier, it does take about four to six weeks to process your testing application. But at the end of that four to six weeks, you'll be taking your licensing exam. And given that you pass that, you're a licensed CNA. And so you got it done in less time than that and in less time than what is normal with a CNA training course. And you can get working even quicker since you're only committed to three or four days. Um, Florida came up with a position called a PCA. 
um, mm -hmm. which is basically like an unlicensed CNA. Um, and you're kind of doing nearly the same things. Um, so you could even get into a facility, you know, as a PCA until you take your test, take your test, and then you'll just move up their pay grade um, to a CNA. How successful is Gator CPR at preparing so the, uh, a, or getting the licensing yeah. for yeah, the applicants? A 96% passing rate. Yeah. Got I know. I wish I could yeah. have said that a lot of my schooling. <laughs> yeah. uh, a few classes, but not everyone. But that's right. really that's actually a really good... Yeah, yeah uh, safely. And, uh, and, and really so people aren't wasting their money or their yeah, time. definitely not. And yeah. we work directly with you if, you know, you fail and you have any concerns about, you know, this is what I wasn't so sure about. Um, we will work directly with you. You get put with our CNA program manager who kind of creates a plan with you um, on how to best move forward with that. So you have the, you have the opportunity to become a certified mm -hmm. nursing assistant. Mm -hmm. You have the opportunity to uh, potentially get a, a legitimate um, paying job. Yeah, definitely. And you uh, can use that experience to move on to nursing later on if that's what you choose to do. Right, right. Yeah, and there's even students who maybe aren't nursing but are in healthcare in some capacity. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a whole bunch of fields that kind of need patient contact hours, which is just that one on one work with patients. Um, and CNA is the perfect thing. We have, you know, pre PA, pre med, um, all these different kinds of students, and also our nursing students um, use our program. Yeah, I, I'm, I'll tell you one thing, uh, just from personal experience, you know, I run a law firm, right. I, I'm a, I've been a lawyer now for longer than I want to admit, but <laughs> we, uh, I try to, to learn what every position is in our firm, whether it's reception, intake, our medical billing department, whether it's the settlement department, our case managers, our litigation assistants, our uh, pre-lit managers, whatever position that our demand specialist, whatever we have in our in our office, I want to learn what they right. do, because really, uh, that's the to me that's the best way to be competent. Number one, and to respect others right. and their positions, and and create what we uh, believe is meaningful career paths. And yeah. I think CNA is a great starting point for a lot of people. It can be a career, but it can also be kind of a touch point so later on mm -hmm. you know how hard it is and the labor mm -hmm. and the time and the effort and the relationships that that occur when you yeah, um, when, you are a CNA. when you are a cna so it's a really great thing I'm, I'm really glad that we got you in here today jill uh we have a, a about a couple minutes left is there anything that you want to plug before we uh we let you go on your merry way yeah so the only other thing um coming up with our CNA course. So we're going to have um, what we call information sessions, but it's also really another casual kind of thing. Um, that one's going to be August 11th. Um, and this is just um, an information session for our program specifically. So if after this you find yourself with any other questions or um, really interested in becoming um, a certified nursing assistant, definitely attend that information session. You'll get some more um, details and you'll even start to find out what opportunities are available for you and things like that. Um, so yeah, that's August 11th and that's going to be six to 7 PM. Oh, that's great. This has been a, a great episode. Yeah, uh, Jill, I appreciate you uh, coming on, on the show today. Uh, one of the things that I think, uh, we want to make sure, uh, that we do is we keep up with you in the future yeah. and see where you are, where, where uh, Gator CPR is. And yeah. it sounds like you have some fun things planned. Yeah, hopefully we have something in the works. Um, you know, not to give away too many details, but hopefully another city, um, you know, if everything, you know, all the chess Miami? Metal, maybe. We'll, <laughs> well like, it's still, will it be Kane CPR or will it still be Gators? I guess that's a good question. I guess if I'm moving into different territories, that might be a problem. All right. Something well, to consider. well, it's something that we can keep uh, silent to make sure the competitors don't find out. Uh, once again, we have about 30 seconds left. Just uh, give the uh, listeners out there your contact info. So yeah. if they want to sign up for a course for either CPR or CNA, they know how to get in yeah, contact so with you. Yeah, we have a few contact methods. You can call us. It's 352-727-4733. You can email us. It's CPR at GatorCPR.com. And our website has all of our information on it as well. And that's GatorCPR.com. There you go. All right, thank Jill, you. thank you for your uh, you your for time today. Me. All right. I think we're good to go. We're going to go. Oh, my gosh. I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your no, fault. Not, not I am calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This no, guy's no, here. Wait, this guy's lady, he might... New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. 
When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. We still hear it. The sound of victory. The joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. And I was in an accident. Someone ran a red light and hit me, and I was hurt. You don't know where to turn. Luckily, I called Jeffrey. These big insurance companies, they don't want you to win. They truly don't. But Jeffrey and his firm and the people that work here, they just really fight for you. You call the law offices of Jeffrey Belden because you're going to need help, and they will help you. We are here at the University of Florida, where Albert and Alberta are competing in the Gator Penalty Shootout. Albert is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster. Luckily, Mountain Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gator. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry, because Mountain Law is going to help you with your recovery. Mountain Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal. Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Melden Law, we won't back down. And we're back here at Meldon Law and Friends. This is attorney Carrie Meldon. And we are we just had a really great segment with uh, Jill from Gator CPR. And I'm, I'm sure this segment will be just as fun. Uh, we're here with Caitlin Hoff-Mahoney. Thank you, Caitlin, for showing up today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And we're here at the Sp Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. You can see all the helmets in the background. This is a very cool atmosphere because... There's people, even more people are piling into the restaurant. So we have a live audience. They get to see what the hell's going on in here. Uh, excuse my language. What the heck is going on in there? But uh, we're going to uh, talk about some really cool uh, exhibits. And Caitlin is an uh, extremely uh, interesting subject today because we actually have a connection with uh, the, uh, the business that she works with. And we're going to talk about that uh, in about two seconds. Before we do that, let me just quickly remind all of the listeners out there that we're doing free giveaways on our social media, uh, on the Meldon Law Facebook and Instagram pages. Our big giveaway we're going to be announcing, if we have not announced it uh, yet, it will be announcing it soon, is a weekend at Margaritaville in Orlando along with some gift certificates. So you can uh, listen to Jimmy Buffett in Orlando and and kind of hang out in the pool or wherever you want are on the deck and enjoy the uh, atmosphere. So that's a, a summer giveaway uh, at Meldon Law. And we're also uh, going to be doing uh, our usual giveaways come the fall with the uh, fall sports uh, because uh, Gators and Meldon Law are partners. In fact, Meldon Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. So once again, without further ado, let's get into our interview. We've got, um, is it uh, Caitlin Hoff Mahoney, right? That's right. All right. So, uh, Caitlin, first of all, uh, I'm really happy that you're here today. Caitlin is the executive director of the Matheson History Museum, which is located right here in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, Caitlin, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. So, uh, Caitlin, tell me, first of all, uh, what is the Matheson Museum? right on University Avenue, um, just a couple of blocks east of downtown, um, and we are Gainesville and Alachua County's local history museum. Um, we focus on, you know, your history here in Gainesville, 
Um, so we have four historic buildings that are part of our complex. We have our museum building where we do our exhibits and programs. Mm-hmm. We have the historic Matheson House, which is the third oldest house in Gainesville. We oh, have wow. the Tyson Tool Barn, which has a really cool collection of historic tools. And then finally, we have our newest historic building, which you may remember as the Melting Pot Restaurant. Yes. Um, and that is now our library and archives building. Did, did they keep the glass bottles from the ceiling? <laughs> we don't have the bottles in the ceiling, but we do have the stained glass that was in the front windows of that building. Very cool. Um, if you come inside the library and archives, we now have that in a frame kind of up above some of the bookshelves. Yes. Um, I like to refer to it as the altar of cheese. Nice. But you can't fondue while you're uh, studying history. Not anymore, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> we try to keep the cheese and the books separate. Probably a good idea, although cheese is always good while you're reading books. Absolutely. So uh, let's talk a little bit about yourself. Uh, what, first of all, what brought you to Gainesville? Like many people, I came to Gainesville for school. Uh huh. Um, so I came here about six years ago for graduate school, and I actually started working with the Matheson as a volunteer while I was in school. Um, mm-hmm. And then they hired me when I graduated, so I didn't leave. Um, and now here I still am, um, and now I'm the director of the museum. That's cr- that's fantastic. What were you st- What were you studying? What was your master's program? So it is the Museum Studies Master's Program, mm-hmm. um, which is a pretty small program at UF. Um, my class is only about five people, um, but it's a really excellent program. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, the UF has got some incredible access to uh, museums. Yeah, there's so many wonderful museums here in our community, um, and there's really great opportunities for students to work with them. And so you um, were able to develop an early relationship with the Matheson, Matheson Museum. Who was the executive director, do you remember, when you first yeah. started? So the executive director, when I first started volunteering, was Dr. Peggy McDonald. Mm-hmm. Um, she was our director for about four years, from 2015 to 2019. Um, and she really did a lot of wonderful work to uh, you know, help uh, expand our programming and exhibits. And, of course, she hired me. So that's, <laughs> that's the part of what she did. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things about Gainesville is it does have a varied history. And people, uh, I've, I've read a few things. I don't know if you know, our, I don't know if you know a, an attorney named Dan Wiseman here in town, but he's a history buff, so he keeps up me updated on some some different things that he has learned about our history. But uh, Gainesville has uh, obviously roots that go back uh, quite a bit. And um, so tell me a little bit about what the Matheson History Museum is. Is it focused on modern history, on, you know, maybe Native American history, on, you know, just, just Gainesville citizen history? Yeah, so, you know, we... With our mission, it's to preserve and interpret the history of Gainesville and Alachua County. Mm -hmm. Um, So that gives us really kind of a wide range of things that we can look at. Um, So some of the exhibits that we've done in the past several years, um, we did a sports history exhibit that was really popular. Mm -hmm. Um, We've done an exhibit on Tom Petty. Um, We have done, uh, you know, some more serious exhibits as well. Mm -hmm. Um, We did one a few years ago focusing on the desegregation of the Alachua County Public Schools in the 70s. We have our two exhibits that are on display right now. We have uh, Trailblazers, 150 Years of Alachua County Women. Um, Oh, wow. This is on 11 really cool women from Alachua County's history. And that one was a tough exhibit to put together because there were so many excellent people to choose from. Yeah. Um, So trying to narrow it down to 11 was really tough. Are there any living uh, individuals still? Yeah. Um, So we have Mrs. Vivian Filer, um, Uh who is uh, really, you know, just a pillar of our community. Um, but one of her main areas of focus is the Cotton Club Museum and Cultural Center. Gotcha. Um, so she is our one living trailblazer in the exhibit. That's great. Um, so that that show will be on display um, for about another month. It's going to be closing in August. Um, so I encourage people to come and check it out. So speaking of the displays, uh, you were stating, or you were telling everybody out there that our the museum is located on University East University, mm-hmm. uh, not too far from downtown. Uh, when is it open? How do people, um, do they have to make appointments or could they just show yeah. up? So right now we are open to the public um, mm-hmm. Wednesday through Saturday from 1 to 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. And we also offer tours of the Matheson House, the Tool Barn, and also research appointments at our library and archives. Um, those are by appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can call the museum or you can send an email. Um, all of that information is on our website, which is mathesonmuseum.org. So every, uh, I'm sorry, Wednesday through Saturday, is that right? One through four. four. So when they when you go in, you can actually right now see the the trailblazers, the last 150 years of uh, 
the nine uh, female trailblazers that Gainesville has, uh, you know, been, I guess, the, the birthplace and, and the hometown of, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, so we also have uh, on display in our other gallery space, um, it's called We're Tired of Asking, and it's mm -hmm. a show about uh, Black Thursday, which was a civil rights event that happened at UF in 1971, okay. um, where the black students had gone to President O'Connell asking for more representation on campus. Um, and uh, what started as a peaceful protest um, turned into more of a challenging confrontation between the uh, students and the police. Mm -hmm. And um, there were actually quite a few students who left the university um, because of this. Wow. You know, it's crazy that you just don't hear about it unless, and nobody really reads the local news anymore. So that even museums are even more important now than ever in preserving, you know, historical events that yeah. shaped shaped our uh, our campus. Did it change things uh, at University of Florida? Yeah. So one of the um, you know most long lasting effects from that is the establishment of the um, Black Student Union mm -hmm. and the um, the on campus uh, Black student um, resource area, mm -hmm. um, which the name is escaping me right now, but, but it still exists it to this still exists today. Wow. Um, they are the buildings that are right across the street from campus um, that are resources for black students and also there is one for um, Hispanic students as well. Mm -hmm. And what, one of the things that I know you're always doing as an executive director is dealing with major projects. So. Uh, we've got, you know, we've got a few minutes before we go to our first break. What are some of the current major product, projects that you're focused on at this moment? Yeah. So one of the things that's really exciting that we're doing right now is strategic planning, mm -hmm. um, which sounds horrible. <laughs> it doesn't sound very exciting. <laughs> yes. Um, so with the strategic planning, we are, you know, working to kind of set our goals and figure out what it is that we want to do over the next several years. Mm -hmm. um, so that is something. That is kind of exciting, though. So you get, you get to shape the future of exactly. the Matheson History Museum. Are you allowed to reveal any thoughts today, or is it just something that's all just being uh, yeah, processed so we still? We are still, um, you know, really kind of in the early stages of that, mm -hmm. um, but we are definitely wanting input from our community to hear about, you know, what people want from their local history museum. Um, so that's something that we're going to be working on over the summer and into the fall mm -hmm. is, you know, recruiting people to uh, kind of participate in this process with us. Um, so that we can really come together with a plan that is, you know, not just what Caitlin wants to do for the museum, but right. what actually, you know, the community wants out of their museum. Well, I, I have been to that museum. I was there with the Tom Petty uh, exhibition, and it was a great show, a show up. I think people were piled out through the front door because uh, so many people showed up. And I remember the uh, the building was gorgeous. I mean, it's a really cool little museum. Uh, it's a very well kept, and, and it's you know it, it feels very intimate when you're in there, and you can probably spend you know quite a long time going through the exhibits. I remember the one I, I haven't gone to the most recent ones, but the ones that I did go to, I felt like was a was very professionally done. Well, thank you. you know, you're welcome. Yeah, but it's it's nice to hear that about the building because for historic buildings, um, yeah. they just constantly want to fall down around me. Um, so that yes. is one of the biggest challenges, is keeping up with the maintenance of the building. Well, speaking of that, can local Gainesville residents uh, donate? Is there a fundraising uh, events that ever put on with the Matheson yeah, Museum? Yeah, so we are, you know, always open for donations. We're an independent nonprofit. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of people think that we're part of the city or the county, and we're not. Mm -hmm. um, we are an independent museum. Um, so to keep our doors open, we rely on our members and donors. Um, we also have grants that our staff write, um, and that is really where our, our funding comes from. Um, so we do have several uh, larger fundraising events throughout the year. We participate in the Amazing Give, which is in April. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we'll have a campaign out for Giving Tuesday in November. Um, and then, you know, just throughout the year, people are welcome to, you know, visit our website, become a member, donate. Um, Every little bit helps, and uh, we really appreciate the is support there, of the community. Is there any other history museums in Gainesville? Yeah, so there are a few other history museums in Gainesville. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we are kind of the one that focuses on kind of general history. Right. Um, but you also have the A. Quinn Jones Museum and Cultural Center, mm -hmm. um, which focuses specifically on A. Quinn Jones, who is a black educator here in Gainesville. Mm -hmm. um, and, the there's a, as, and there's Cultural schools Center. a school named after A. Quinn Jones, obviously, yes. Museum and Cultural Center. 
Um, you also have the Natural History Museum. Right. Um, you know, there's just really such a great group of museums here in Gainesville. Um, and it is actually Museum Month in Gainesville for July. Um, so all of the Gainesville museums, we are running a uh, raffle prize drawing program this month. I love that. If you visit any of the museums that are participating, we have a little QR code that you can scan mm -hmm. um, to enter the giveaway. And then um, we're doing one drawing per month. No, one drawing per week. Um, so there will be four opportunities to win a prize. Um, there are now three opportunities left, so I really encourage you to visit the Gainesville Museums. And you can only get the QR code if you go to the museums. Correct. You can't do it online, so you got to step foot exactly. and get the code. And you can fill out the form for every museum that you visit, so the more that you go to, the more chances you have to win. I love that. So I love that you guys all work together, and I love that the Matheson Museum is so general because you get to covers such a great broad array mm -hmm. of Gainesville history. You yeah, know? and there's so much interesting stuff in Gainesville's history. You know, that is really my favorite part of the job. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm not from Gainesville. I've been here for six and a half years. And Where are you from originally, I'm from Caitlin? South Florida originally. Okay. Oh, great. Well, yeah. we just we just had uh, Jill. She's from Miami. So we were we got, not we, yeah, that not that far <laughs> south, but close, yeah. But yeah, you know, I, it's interesting. My grandfather attended UF in the 60s, so he's actually part of the museum. No way. One of the um, collections that we have are historic Alachua County yearbooks. Uh -huh. So we have yearbooks from UF, Gainesville High School, um, Buholz High School. Really? Um, and my grandfather is in some of the UF ones from the 60s. So if you're a UF graduate or, or a high school graduate, can you go in there and request to see your, your yeah. yearbook? Um, so we... We do have, you know, some areas that aren't fully complete, um, right. and we also have some of the more recent ones. Uh, those have not shown up at the museum yet, uh -huh. um, but we do have probably at least 200 yearbooks from Alachua County. That might be the largest collection of um, local yearbooks. I would, I would assume so. I'd say there's certainly a chance, um, <laughs> but it's, it's really interesting. That's one of my favorite yeah. parts of the collection, and yeah, I love going yeah, through yeah. the yearbooks. I do, too. It's like it really does tell the history of the time that you're in. Well, very cool. Well, we're going to our first break. We'll come back for the last segment, and we're going to finish up with some cool uh, tie-ins to Meldon Law and uh, the, uh, the new exhibits that may be uh, coming out shortly. So we'll be back in about a minute. Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Meldon Law, we won't back down. We still hear it, the sound of victory, the joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. This is Carrie Meldon. We're back here live. We're here with Caitlin Hoff Mahoney, who is the executive director at the Matheson History Museum, located right here in Gainesville, Florida. And as I said before, people keep filing into Spurriers. I see a young lady with a martini uh, directly behind the camera. So uh, it's always puts you in good spirits when people are uh, having fun. But we, uh, we're in our last segment for today's show. It's been a great show. Uh, Caitlin was talking about her experience, uh, how she got to become uh, the executive director at the Matheson History Museum. What is the Math Matheson History Museum and some of the cool programs? Just to kind of go back in case someone missed the first segment, uh, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the Museum and Cultural Center Month that is uh, currently happening in, happening in July. Yeah, so July is officially Museum and Cultural Center Month here in Gainesville. Um, there will be a proclamation read at a city commission meeting uh, sometime this month. Mm -hmm. um, and we are working with the other museums here in Gainesville. Um, we have the Cade Museum, the Florida Museum of Natural History, the Harn, 
um, the Aquin Jones Museum and Cultural Center, the Cotton Club Museum and Cultural Center, and the Planetarium at Santa Fe College, as well mm -hmm. as the Matheson History Museum. Um, so if you visit any of those museums this month, um, there is a QR code that you can scan to mm -hmm. enter into a giveaway to win some really cool prizes from the museums. We've got tote bags, we've got water bottles, pens, hats, um, all sorts of cool museum swag. If you can stick a logo on it, I'm sure one of us has. <laughs> <laughs> so you got, you got an opportunity to win some free stuff and support the local arts, uh, which in Gainesville, we, we always do a good job, but we can always do a better job. And speaking of, what are some of the, the donation opportunities? How do people, uh, if they want to donate to the Matheson Museum, how would they go about doing so? Yeah, so um, like I said earlier, we're an independent nonprofit, so we really do rely on our members and donors to help us uh, you know, continue doing the work that we do and keep the doors open. Um, for those of you who live in the area, I'm sure you've noticed your GRU bills are going up. So mm -hmm. are mine. I've got four buildings. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you want to donate and help support the work that we do, you can go to our website, uh, mathesonmuseum.org, and you can donate with your credit card. Mm -hmm. um, we have a sustainer membership where you can set up a monthly donation. Oh, I love that. Us, um, you know, that kind of reliable income stream. Um, you can also make a one-time donation. Um, you can become a member of the museum. Mm -hmm. um, there's really all sorts of different options. Um, you can also come visit me at the museum, um, and we can get that set up for you. Absolutely. And if you have any cool Gainesville history that you want to share, there's no one better in town to talk to than, uh, than Catherine because you're going to have maybe some information that you can share back with that individual um, in terms of your, uh, I'm sorry, Caitlin, I called you Kat. Kate, uh, I was, I was like thinking, um, it was, uh, Caitlin, but the, uh, you know, the information that you have at your disposal is really, really, uh, incredible because there's probably stories that you share with people all the time when they come into your museum and they're saying, well, my, my father did this, or my, my mother did this, or my great, great grandfather was part of this collective or, you know, whatever it is. And you, I'm sure you have the insight, uh, almost all of Gainesville's history. <laughs> yeah, so those are, you know, some of the resources that we have available for people who want to do research. Um, we have a pretty extensive map collection um, that can be useful if you're doing research about your house. Um, we also have a collection of city directories mm -hmm. um, that go back to, I think the earliest one we have is 1906. Well, okay. Um, and then it jumps, there's a couple from the 1920s. Wow. And then we have a pretty complete collection of city directories from the 1940s up through, I think the latest one we have is 1997. Um, so you can track, you know, by, you can look up an address, you can look up a name, and mm -hmm. you can kind of see, you know, who was living in your house, um, you know, look up, say, your grandfather, what was he doing in the 1950s? Right. Um, there's all sorts of cool things that you can find in the collection, um, and that's, you know, really a great part of the job is helping people figure out things that are interesting to them that I never would have looked into on my own. Absolutely. It's, it's very cool. And so uh, if anybody wants to become a member, uh, you, can go, you, can, you can either go in person Wednesday through Saturday, 1 through 4, or go online if you want to schedule an appointment to check out some of the other buildings that are associated with the Mas Matheson Museum, uh, then you can book appointments online, correct? Yeah, so if you go to our website, um, mm -hmm. you can get our contact information, and you can either um, call me or send me an email, um, and well, we can get that set up. So email or, or phone call. So very, very cool. Uh, I want to talk a little bit before we uh, end the session, because we talked about it before the break, that uh, we, uh, us at Meldon Law have some history that uh, we're going to be able to share with the Matheson Museum. We feel honored uh, to have that opportunity and uh, well, I'll let kind of Caitlin talk a little bit about what what it is in more detail. But uh, I can start with that. My father moved to Gainesville in 1971. Uh, his father, my grandfather, was a jazz owned a jazz club in Cleveland called the Loop Lounge, which was the largest jazz club between Chicago and New York. And so my father grew up with a ton of musicians that were uh, staying at his uh, house when segregation was still in full effect, even in the North. So he would stay with Count Basie, Ella Fitzgerald, uh, you know, Duke Ellington, all these incredible musicians would stay uh, with my father when he was a young kid. And so he got uh, <coughs> a taste of the music industry and he moves to Gainesville as a young lawyer and opens a law firm. But on the side, he ends up with his partner um, opening the great Southern Music Hall. So uh, Caitlin, uh, you're doing uh, an exhibit. Let's let's talk a little bit about it. Yeah, we are. So 
I'm really excited about this. You know, it's a really interesting topic, um, you know, looking at kind of how Gainesville, you know, this little tiny southern town has just such a rich music history. Mm -hmm. um, and this is just kind of one part of that music history. Um, but we're really looking forward to, you know, working uh, with uh, your father and also John Moran. John Moran, um, yeah. Who, uh, I'm sure most people know, but John Rand is a wonderful local photographer, and this was his first paid photography job, was do, photographing the artists at the Great Southern Music Hall. And do you know that these photos, so these, some of the, I can, I can kind of release some of the musicians that may be uh, photographed yet? Yes. So we've got Jimmy Buffett, you've got Blood, Sweat, and Tears, you have uh, Minnie Ripperton, you have B.B. Uh, King, I think uh, you've got... Jerry Lee Lewis, there's, there's all these people were playing in Gainesville live between uh, in the mid 70s to the to the late 70s. And John Moran had these first edition photographs that had never been released into print mm -hmm. until I don't know how him and my father got together, but they they figured it out that he had he said, Jeffrey, I have all these photos that I've never I've never actually produced. I've never sold. It's never no one's ever seen them. And it's these live acts that are actually performing in Gainesville, and they were pho photographed by John Moran during his first shoot. So it's a great tie-in between a really um, you know well-known local photographer and these amazing acts that came to Gainesville. And kind of uh, back then, it was the heyday of music between Tom Petty and and for those listeners who do not know, probably they probably do know, but if they don't know. Uh, my father, Jeffrey, was Tom Petty's first attorney, along with Mike Campbell and, and uh, the rest of the Heartbreakers, Stan Lynch, uh, and uh, what was uh, uh, Ben Montench, whose father was a judge. But uh, there was also uh, Bernie Ledden, who was with the Eagles, Stephen Stills with Crosby, Stills, and Nash. So back then, in the late 60s to the 70s, Gainesville was, just became this incredible mecca of, of rock and roll history and I don't know. I think there's like six or seven. We did what was it? Six or seven members of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame were from Gainesville. Something, yeah, something it's insane. Really, an outsized number based on the size of the town. And and in <laughs> fact, at the Matheson Museum, they had a great exhibit where they had the author um, who was a, a member of the band The Motels. And I can't remember the author, but he wrote the, that book. Mm -hmm. um, and he came. He spoke a little bit about. Uh, the Gainesville, he had written a book on Gainesville music history. Yeah, we had, you know, a few really great uh, programs around that exhibit. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not recalling the name. Do you know, you remember that, that it, but he's from California, so he came and gave a little bit of a 10-minute lecture, uh, but it was a great, it was a, about rock and roll in Gainesville, and if you call our office, we uh, my dad bought like 20 uh, copies of the book, so he'll give you one if you really want one. Uh, but the fact is, is uh, he was saying how many members of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and then the, then you had all these other incredible artists uh, that came in, and we've got all these photographs. So when are when are when is this exhibition going to actually hit the ground running? Yeah, so we are looking to open this exhibit in September. Mm -hmm. um, I believe we're opening it September fourteenth, and then we are going to have some additional programming. Um, throughout the fall about it. Um, I still need to track your dad down and get him to give me a date about when he wants to come and talk <laughs> about it. <laughs> well, he'll talk. He, Jeffrey loves to talk, so he, yes. Um, so I want to get him, you know, at the museum in yeah. front of a microphone to talk about it. Um, so I just... We need to get a date for that. We'll get a date. We'll promise we'll get a date for that. We'll let the listeners know we're going to invite a huge crowd, so you be ready because it's going to be packed. Mm -hmm. uh, but these uh, photos that uh, John Moran have ta has taken, I've seen them, most of them, and they're absolutely gorgeous. It's worth coming just to see the artistic, um, the, the start of John Moran's mm -hmm. career, and he's been able to enhance them. They look incredible. I mean, they're really, yeah, really good. So that's going to be, you know, kind of one of the centerpieces of the exhibit, and then there will be a lot more uh, surrounding it, so you'll have to stop by and check it out once it opens. Well, Caitlin, we're going to have you on the show again when it does open, and so you can speak with Jeffrey, and you guys can talk about it. Uh, but thank you very much, Caitlin Hoff-Mahoney, the Executive Director of the Matheson History Museum. Uh, it's been a great show. Uh, we look forward to having you on again, and thank you for showing up today. Yeah, thank you. All right. And uh, like everybody else out there, uh, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week.